Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The Full Scale Outdoors podcast, intro, take 1,123. Good God, I cannot get this thing down to save my life right now. I'm not sure what my problem is. Just too busy around here, I think. This weekend, the 11th, we got the Minnesota fishing opener going trying to get mentally and physically prepared for that. Mother's Day is Sunday. Like, whoever had that brilliant idea to put Mother's Day and the fishing opener in the same weekend, not smart. Mm, unless, of course, you're a divorce lawyer, and then uh, probably was an ingenious move, and my I tip my hat to you, sir. So <laughs> there's that. Anyways, we're going to roll with it. I got a quick announcement. Um, coming up this Tuesday, the 14th, I'm going to be on the SmackDown Outdoors podcast live. They're going to go Facebook live on that. So that'll be a first for me. So that'll be kind of fun. I won't be able to do 8,000 takes like I'm doing on this one. It's like uh, what it's going to be is what it's going to be. So if you just listened to the last episode, I had Doug Glenravine, the host of the SmackDown Outdoors podcast on my podcast. So now I'm going to do his. So I'm looking forward to that. So set your uh, clocks and calendars for this upcoming Tuesday the 14th. And we're going to go Facebook Live. I'm looking forward to that. So log on to that. If you haven't already followed SmackDown Outdoor Podcast, go and do that on uh, social media. Get that out of the way. And be safe out in lakes if you're doing the opener here in Minnesota or wherever you're taking to the woods and water. Be safe out there and uh, take some pictures. Share them to our uh, Facebook page. I'd appreciate it. So let's get to this one. This one is a foraging. This is our very first all-foraging podcast. What is foraging? You might not know. Well, it's um, going out there and collecting wild greens and mushroom hunting. That kind of all falls under that umbrella. So my guest today is Mike from Forest to Fork, or he is also known as the Gentleman Forager. So if you go on Facebook and all his social media, look those things up. He has a lot of good information on there. And uh, we sit down and uh, we talk. This one's kind of a quick one. He didn't have a ton of time, um, but he was gracious enough to carve out a little chunk of his day so we did sit down and and talk about mushrooms and other things to forage so 
without much more, because I'm terrible at this apparently today, let's just do it. This is the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. It doesn't really feel like spring right now. No, it doesn't. It's not. Uh, it could be a little it sure warmer. Beats winter. Yeah, well, it was snowing in Michigan today. I yeah. saw, like a lot. <laughs> Is that right? Like thunder snow. <laughs> I'm not jealous. Not even a little bit. However, I am leaving for a trip to Boston on the East Coast here well, tomorrow, actually. Although I don't know that their weather's probably any different than ours. No, in it? fact, it yeah. usually follows, and I looked at the weather, and it's supposed to rain for like the first four days over there. Of so course. pretty much what we're getting here, <laughs> right. I just get to follow it across right. the country. You just and, get to and spend more time in a and do cigar tube in the air first. Right. Yeah, so if you know any uh, Appalachian Mountain morale tips. I have not been out there. <laughs> I, that's not an area I know it's different to. wherever you go because, um, like up here, I mean, as you know, the general rule of thumb is dead elms. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's other places they'll grow too, but we're talking about morels. I just jump into these things if you haven't yeah, noticed. Yeah. I, um, I just figured that out. Yeah, we're <laughs> and we're talking. Um, uh, but it's like I went down to, I was in Iowa driving around, and there's just not as many elms down there. Right. And I guess from what I've heard, it's more the sycamore trees down there. Yeah, or cottonwood. Cottonwood. Um, ash can sometimes produce. I mean, I think you're right when you said it's, you know, it's mostly elm, at least if you're in the lower half of Minnesota. Right. Um, and, you know, that's usually what I talk about in classes is can you find morels somewhere else? Well, sure you can. Of course but, you can. Um, but if you're going to go fishing, I'm going to play the odds doing that too, right? Right, well, I, yeah. I want to yeah. go where the most fish are, not, yeah. not where and there might even be if a you're, couple. You know, yeah, if you're looking for walleyes, you're going to go to a lake that's known to have a shit ton of them, right. or are you going to go to a lake that, yeah. you know, I, I knew a guy that caught one once five right. years ago. There's actually a lot, a surprising go. number, maybe because I was a fanatic about fishing before I spent so much time sure. with the mushrooms. But, yeah, there's it's very much like that, like, you know, where you choose to go, same kind of thing. Yeah. You know, could I go way back in that bay over there and catch a big northern? Well, maybe, but maybe. I've been back there, and it's yeah. two feet deep, and it's choked with weeds, and yeah. I should probably spend my time somewhere more fruitful. Yeah. You know, same thing with mushrooms as sure. you're scanning around looking at the woods and where you well, should I did, go. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Sure. I really wanted to get a, a foraging um, episode on. It's a big part of, like, who I am. I forage a lot. I just, all week long, I've been eating mixing in some nettles with my uh with my scrambled eggs nice i love it i mean it's a great way to get like and i'm not a super health nut i just like it because it, i just like the idea of being able to go out and procure my own foods right, right in my backyard and it's had since i started going down the rabbit hole that is like foraging you know and the there's a website i think out there called eattheweeds.com and um I tell people that all the time to eat the weeds i mean the, the, everything you're pull, almost everything you yes. pull out of your garden is edible and probably more nutritious. Somebody used to eat that. 
Yeah, isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. And then, so you tell people that, and they just look at you like you're an alien. Like you're speaking, they're like, I'm not going to eat whatever it is I'm telling them. I'm like, why not? Like, if, if they don't buy it from a store, they don't trust it. Well, and it's funny, too, when people try things like that for the first time, and the expression always cracks me up, because a lot of times they're like, wow, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that never yeah. entered their mind right. that it might actually be good. <laughs> well, for me, for, like, the nettles, it's like, well, for one, it's like the first time somebody tells you that you can eat nettles, you're like, the, the things that I brush up against when I'm trout fishing, <laughs> and then I'm itching for the next hour, those things, you want me to put those in my mouth? <laughs> okay, sure. All right, crackpot. Uh, but no, those are great because if, if somebody is more health, more, more health conscious and they just want like something that's super healthy, like I looked it up the other day and they have uh, almost half your daily allowance of fiber in a serving, right. which I think was like 100 milligrams or something like that with a serving size. However many leaves that is, I have no idea. <laughs> right. But it seemed like a lot and you get um, – an iron, you know, a non-meat form of iron out of them and, uh, like, vitamin K and just a bunch of shit. I think, you know, I think that's one of the things that, to me, is most interesting about the business I'm in is I what you said, right? That's how I was. I'm not the healthiest eater in right. the world for my life. Yeah. In fact, most of my life, you know, I'm, you know, eating too much fast food. And, <laughs> you know, it, it wouldn't be a big deal to polish off a frozen pizza by myself. Sure. Or, I still you know, do. That's big <laughs> steak on Friday. I'm finding the best, uh, best butcher in town and getting that, you know, ridiculously right. large T-bone or whatever. Um, but when you realize, hey, what if I could... What if I didn't have to, like, eat bad food? What if it was really tasty food and mm-hmm. just as, like, a side bonus, it and, happens to be really right. healthy And it also you. is good for you. And yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and then, you know, on top of it, just the idea of being out in the woods yeah. and spending time with nature. And, you know, when you top that on, to me, yeah, it's become super uh, easy uh, for, for even a, for your average person, you know, to, to do without uh, feeling like they have to join a special club of tree huggers. Or, right, right. And, that's, know, and that yeah. kind of is the, the uh, uh, what would you call it, the, the air of it or the, you know, the predisposed notion. You yeah. know, if you tell somebody you're a forager, you know, you're granola-eating hippie. And, right. <laughs> um, Damn hippies. I, I about couldn't be further <laughs> from the truth to that. Uh, I'm out there fishing. Although, and although I do love our hippies, I do love hippies. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a place at the table for everybody. Right. I'm not, Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not putting them down. It's just it's funny how you know, it's just weird how you get it. But if somebody wants, like, you have nettles growing in your backyard, and you, you don't feel that adventurous. I'm telling you, if you put those things, saute them in butter, and just put them, and then throw your eggs in there and scramble them up, you won't even taste them. But you're getting all the benefits of, of right. eating them. You're right. gonna get all the fiber. You're gonna get all those vitamins Absolutely. and everything else. Like, and I like I'm eating them. Honestly, cannot taste. That there's anything other than eggs in my scrambled well, eggs. Well, at, I mean, you at can most see them, it would look like you're eating some spinach with your eggs. That's yeah. pretty much what it is. And it's, but I'll put them on salads too. Just yeah. you know, or a nettle soup is a, is yeah. actually quite delicious. I yeah. haven't done that, but I have done. Uh, actually, I probably have done that a few times. I've made like a stew or a soup. I'll just whatever's growing at or the time. Pesto. I'll just throw them in there because yeah. again, they kind of just become part of the dish you can't really single them out but then you're getting all the all the health benefits of it but i guess we could take a step back so people know what the hell we're talking about um i'm here with i never actually caught your actual (laughs) name mike kempanek mike kempanek yeah with uh gentleman forager and we talked before we started recording that i was following you uh, when you had the Minnesota mushroom form, mm-hmm. is that correct? Yeah. And then you changed that. So give people kind of the backstory of how well all started. Uh, yeah. How did how did Minnesota mushroom form get off the ground? Um, so about, gosh, almost ten years now. 
uh, I had a my my favorite line because it's true was I had a boss who gave me an opportunity to look for a new opportunity. <laughs> got fired. I got fired, right? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. And um, you know, I was kind of at the the prime earning years of my career path and. Uh, originally, I thought, you know, not a huge deal. I'd been a, a contractor for a lot of years, so being in between for a few weeks wasn't scary to sure. me. But after uh, after about a year, and our, our economy was kind of taking a tank back then, um, and I found myself still out of work, it was like, eh, what the hell am I going to do? You know, and I was spending a lot of time in the woods, uh, and I kept having this reoccurring thought, like, you know, well, why can't I buy chanterelles in a store or morels in it? Well, once in a while, you'd see mm-hmm. morels, but... Certainly something like chanterelles or maitake or porcini or, you know, all these other delicious wild mushrooms in particular, you know, that weren't available. And I just, uh, yeah, I just started researching, you know, who sold them and, and uh, they're just, you know, there really wasn't much out there. So I thought, hey, I've got all this time. I'm going to, I'm going to hop and do some self-study and figure out uh, not how I can pick them because, you know, we live in Minnesota. But what if I could grow these wild mushrooms? Um, and so, yeah, I spent a couple of years in very deep self-study and figuring out, you know, the uh, biology of fungi and was able eventually to convince a friend of mine to give up his, his basement to make a little lab and his garage to make nice. a little makeshift fruiting chamber. And uh, we kind of did a proof of concept and, and produced some mushrooms and that got the attention of some investors. And when, you know, we ended up building a, a large facility for, for production. Um, and I did that for a couple of years, and it was really super fun and super rewarding and exciting, and you know, it was it was everything I hoped it would be. But then I turned around, and I was like, God, it's been like over two years, and I haven't had a single day off because growing mushrooms is like being a dairy farmer; they don't stop growing. Yeah. Um, and so that then it kind of morphed into, hey, how do I you know spend more time in the field? Maybe the, maybe I teach mushroom identification. Um, and I began teaching the certification classes for the U of M and UW and, and um, doing I've more. Been meaning to take, and I just haven't got <laughs> around to it. Well, not, you'll like this even more. Now we give them at Morrissey's Irish Pub. Nice. Yeah. So we have like mushroom tasty tidbits that we're studying. We eat dishes containing those mushrooms, and we can have a cold beverage of choice. And yeah. um, it's yeah. a little more approachable. And we're recording at bunker outside at bunkers here f- in Minneapolis, just in case you hear some uh, uh, street noises or the other f- talking. The fabulous bunkers music bar. And grill. Yes, I love this place. <laughs> I haven't been here in a long time yes. though. We used to watch uh, Mick Sterling back here. In the it's day. affectionately known as my downtown office. Yeah, that's that's what you're saying yeah. like. Just <laughs> hang out here a lot. Yes, that's, that's uh, awesome. but yeah. So yeah, we just sort of morphed into more of being out, out with people and pulling the chefs into that because, of course, our wholesale business does, uh, you know, works with pretty much every chef in town, and and, um, and the music component became obvious. Hey, if we're going to have a fun party in the sure. woods and some great food, we should probably have a couple bands come up too, and and um, and then re- most recently, our first retail store, Forest of Fork, which is in the the keg and case market. Over in St. Paul, the old Schmidt Brewery. Oh yeah, and uh, super excited about that. We is were that a restaurant? It's just a store where you can go buy. Uh, yeah, well, Forest of Fork is uh, the first wild food grocer in America. Okay. And in addition to that, Let's we have that a out. we have a fourteen foot tall glass fruiting chamber where we're cultivating. Oh, in front of cool! It. People yeah. can see the stuff growing. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Right. That's so pretty neat. Uh, you really posted something on Facebook the other day. It was like, can you guess what this was? And then you posted the answer. Right. Either. Was it today or yesterday? I don't remember. What was the answer? It was foliota adisposa. It was foliota. Okay, yeah. I, 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 sh- I should have said that. I think <laughs> I'm like that. Looks like, like that's edible. 
Sure, absolutely. Some mm. species of foliota. Okay, because I know I, I find those a lot uh, with yeah, late summer, a, early I mean, fall. It's a, yeah, it's a common mushroom in Minnesota. Uh, the species that you typically would find here are not edible. Yeah, okay, that's why that's yeah. why I asked. I'm like, okay, I know <laughs> that what that looks Have like. I've been passing and up on all I've these? been under, <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of how my how I got into foraging. I really started with, and I tell people, the gateway drug. Morels are the gateway drug. Absolutely. Um, people are, you know, they're not a stranger to it. Almost everybody knows somebody that hunts for morels or they've been gifted morels before and they really like them and they know how expensive they are to buy. And, you know, they're, they've heard, it's not strange to them to hear somebody eating right. this wild mushroom. So I always thought that it was like the only wild mushroom that you could safely eat. <laughs> Most people do. Which is yeah. probably, you know, the safe bet. Um, but then I read an article in... So I got into that, and I, I got to the point where I could find morels pretty good on a, you know, you kind of start developing a sixth sense for it, you know, where to look and where to not, you know, spots to just pass over. Because the sure. first time I did it, I just went to a park, and I literally just walked around the woods <laughs> staring at the ground, not looking for trees, not less like just. Just hoping one would j- jump out. Yeah, I mean, I had, I had no idea. I mean, I'm just like, okay, I know they grow in here somewhere. And, yeah, of course, I didn't find any, but. Um, but then I read an article in Outdoor News about chanterelles. It was midsummer, and the picture of it was like, I was like, wait a minute, there's another mushroom I can, a wild mushroom I can harvest. You know, I look at the picture, I'm like, I know where some are growing right now, just because in my, you know, I was scouting for deer or just going through a walk right. in the woods or whatever I was doing, and I'm always the kind of person like, no matter what I'm doing, I'm basically scouting for the next, the upcoming sure. or any upcoming yeah. season, whether it's a hunting season or a fishing season or, you know, I'm just driving down the freeway. I'll be like, ooh, that swamp looks ducky. I have to remember right. that in October. Yeah, right. And like, ooh, that farm, that, that farmer, he's got, he's got small grains in his field. I might have to knock on that door yeah. later. And, oh, that looks like a good strip of deer woods. Or now it's like, ooh, look at all those dead elms. Yep. I have to check Absolutely. those come spring. So I'm always doing that. And I always kind of have. So it's, it's like I just take note of things. I'm like, oh, those are pretty yellow mushrooms i didn't know what they were but i'm like oh pretty cool looking you know and then that's just in the back of my mind and then all of a sudden this article pops out and i'm like i know where those are i know where and i can eat those so i go and i grab them and then i didn't end up eating those because as most mushroom people will you know they if you can't 100 percent identify it you know you shouldn't eat it and so there was just enough doubt i'm like well i think it smells like apricot does it smell like apricot to you like (laughs) kind of maybe you know you're like oh i don't know and then, uh, yeah, sure enough, then I'm like, yeah, these are definitely it. So then I started eating them, and they're awesome. They're actually my wife's favorite. She loves chanterelles. Yeah, they, people are really are surprised great. to find that they have a fruity yeah, aroma. Yeah, they're really, they are super delicious. And, man, they make a, they'll make a dish look good just because they do have they're that beautiful. color. Yeah. yeah, they're absolutely gorgeous. And they are so unlike morels in that this is not, this is not a, a – uh, a scavenger hunt for these things like oh there's one 50 yards over there i can see a bunch of them you don't do that with no. morels those no. things are you know hiding under every leaf and they just look like <laughs> bark and yeah they're got to train your eyes to it that's yeah, nice to have one that that actually you know stands out in the woods yeah, yeah and so then then that was like i creaked the door open with the chanterelles and then i started then i went down the rabbit hole then it was like you know these different bolites and uh you know, the black trumpets and then there's chicken in the woods. And, you know, I was like, and there's just, like just kept popping up into my world. All these demos, like there's a whole world of things you can eat out here. For sure. Like, and then it, then it started getting into the greens. And to this day, I think the biggest lie that was ever told to me was that you can't eat milkweed. 
Like the, the reason monarch butterflies are so brightly colored is because they eat this bitter plant and that makes them taste like shit to would-be predators. And maybe that's true. <laughs> but when you, you know, blanch some young milkweed shoots and you put butter and a little bit of salt on some milkweed shoots, holy shit are they tasty. Yeah. Man, they're good. Right. They're like green beans and asparagus mixed together, kind of, sort of. Right. More green bean than asparagus, but ooh, they're good. But anyways, I'm kind of, I'm rambling. Or the young seed your pods. Yep. Well, that's the cool thing about milkweed is that you can, they'll, you know, you harvest them responsibly. You don't want to decimate an entire field. But, yeah, you take some shoots and when they're young, and then as, they, you know, the seed pods start to form, or the, actually the flower head, the flower heads first. Yeah. So the green flower heads, before they turn into flower heads, you can eat those, pluck them off, cook them the same way you would the shoots. The flowers you can just eat right off the plant, throw them in a salad if you want, or I usually just pick a few while I'm out right. and about and just eat them, and they taste like flowers. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean they taste like they smell. <laughs> flowery. Really. Yeah, they, oh, these are flowery. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then the seed pods form and the young seed pods. So I haven't done the thing where you actually, like, open them up and you can kind of we done that where you actually eat, like, the seeds inside before they are have fully, like, oh, sure. hardened. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of almost like a pasta kind of yeah, a... Yeah, before they go to silk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah. I haven't done that. How is that? Have you, you've done yeah, that they're reason? very tasty. Same way? I mean, you know, there's certain plants that I think are best prepared by a really fantastic chef. <laughs> Probably all of them. <laughs> right? But, uh, <laughs> but there's, there, you know, to your earlier point, there's tons of wild greens out there that are really delicious, frankly, if you just pick them in the field and put it in your mouth. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. you know there's, uh, um, what am I thinking of here? You know, watercress is very prevalent in Minnesota, especially if you're living parts that have trout stream kind of streams, mm -hmm. very cold water. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of invasive species in Minnesota, like wild mustard greens that are, they're um, everywhere. You know, we don't want them here. So please, please yeah, eat them. Yeah, don't feel, don't feel bad yeah. about over harvesting right. those. <laughs> don't transport them. <laughs> yeah. That's right. the same thing. I have Japanese knotweed growing on the side of my house. Yeah. That's, I a, did not put them there. That's a bad they thing were to there. have by your house too, by the way. Yeah, that'll, I know. They grow into everything. concrete. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah right. They, they are, uh, they are very aggressive, yeah. but they're also very delicious. They are. They are. <laughs> they're, um, and they're, you snap those things off and just eat. I do. I just eat them. Yeah. It's like, uh, if this makes any sense, they're a, they, they're a greener tasting rhubarb. <laughs> if green can be yeah. a taste, I don't, I, I, don't know, if green I know what you're taste. saying because because <laughs> I've eaten them, but <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know how green's a taste or a flavor, <laughs> but that's what comes to mind when I, when I try to describe the flavor. I have made like a, uh, a crisp out of them, like a dessert. Oh, and that'd be interesting. It turned out okay, but it definitely needed some more sugar. I mean, it needed some more um, something. So, like, if you – like some strawberries. Like, if you made a strawberry – it's not a rhubarb, but a strawberry right. not weed crisp, that would have worked out. Right. Just a little bit more tang they or sweet. They make a good jam, actually. From, oh, I bet they yeah. would. I bet it would. That I haven't dipped into jam making, but I do – tap maple trees for syrup so it's like it's this all logical leads, step, this all right? leads right in you know <laughs> exactly. one thing leads the next like, it's like oh, seven can, degrees of kevin bacon yeah it's like <laughs> you can do all this myself and I'm like wow well, why can't i do this myself and the next thing you know you don't have time for anything else because all you're doing is finding ways to get food for, <laughs> well quote unquote free but never free nothing's free <laughs> it's right? never free it takes <laughs> gas to get to here it's you know you need this to do that and yeah it's never free but that's kind of how i got into it so so I'll take it back to, because this is what I, I just go on rabbit holes all the time, but 
So let's get back to you had the mushroom form, and then you started the um, that store. Now you have Forest to Fork. But in between there, then you kind of changed the name over to Gentleman Forager. Right, right. And Gentleman Forager still exists. That's our wholesale um, division. Um, and so, yeah, we provide a plethora of wild food products year-round to all the restaurants here in town. So in Minnesota, you know, it's essentially from May until the end of October. Uh, the great part is the Pacific Northwest season is almost the exact opposite of ours so about the time our season starts winding up oh is that right you know we've got pickers out west that are picking for us nice and, and so, so chanterelles in the pacific northwest grow when well chance at the pacific northwest would come later than ours actually or or kind of in sync with ours not terribly oh, okay. different um but it extends our season on either side so that's good like sure. you know some some will come before ours and they'll they'll run probably after ours a little bit um, but, uh, you know, when November hits, I can probably start finding yellowfoot and hedgehogs from out the Pacific Northwest. And so there's not really an interruption of, you know, they're not, they're always changing cause the seasons are changing, but, and then black truffles start and white truffles start and black trumpets and porcini and right. matsutake and, you know, so there's always something yeah. exciting around the next corner. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And porcinis. So like the, like nobody really uses those terms unless you're a chef. Or you're buying them in a store. <laughs> I mean, it's well, we're, like we're trying to change hunters. That. Oh, you, you want yeah, to go to right? like porcini? People, people should know and porcini because it's my that taki. good. <laughs> my, my taki's great. It grows here in Minnesota. Matsutaki. I feel know. like with porcini, you got like, it's a porcini. Yeah, you it's know? definitely. It's, it's, <laughs> it's probably the second most popular mushroom in the world. Uh, if you say porcini anywhere in Europe, everybody would know. They'll know what you're talking right. about. Yeah. Most we just need to catch here. up a little bit. Yeah. The kings. Yeah. They're good. They're really good. But the bleats are the hard ones. So I, as I started going down the, the rabbit hole, then you buy a book, and then you buy this book and that book. And I got that big-ass book, Mushroom, Mushrooms Demystified, David which is Rowe, a great sure. book. I mean, it's somewhat of a misleading title because you're like, oh, Mushrooms Demystified. They're going to make this super easy. This thing is a phone book, man. This thing is huge. It doesn't read like a novel. It's, uh, it's basically like a road map. So you go out in the woods and you find a mushroom, and then you just go <laughs> start checking off characteristics. Right. If this, then that. Yep, if this, turn to this page. If yeah. this, then that, and this, and that. And next thing you know, like, it might be this. If it gets to the point where I got to do a spore print, I'm out. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like eating wild mushrooms, but that's where I draw the line. <coughs> I just, I don't, I, don't, I don't need it that bad. <laughs> I don't need it that bad. If it's between a, a delicious meal and an upset stomach, and well, I, ha- I and I have to and I have to wait four hours or whatever it is for a good sport print. No, I'm not doing that. I'm gonna go with the one. There's plenty of them out there that are easy to to recognize. I I so. tend to agree with you. And that's why my, my morels are great, and I think people are drawn to them. One for us, it comes well for everybody. It comes in the spring, so we're all sick and tired of winter. Absolutely. Just want to you know you got cabin fever. You just want to get out there and, and get something. So that's when they grow. Right. So that's nice. They don't really have any lookalikes. There is the false morel, but if you ask me, I don't think it looks anything like a real morel. There's, yeah, I mean, there's uh, part of my class at some point, I'm showing various photos of what are called false morels. I'm making sure. the quotation Yeah, signs. air quotes. Uh, and, I, yeah, I always have a slide then that says, how many of you recognize these as a morel? And the following slide is, I'm going to have to ask you to please leave the class. <laughs> because they, they really, other than verpa, verpa is uh, an unrelated species that 
that I can imagine somebody who's new to Morel's might, could, could potentially mistake. Might mess it up. But the rest of them, Jairomitra and, and the more, you know, the other sort of common false Morels, I mean, they really no, they don't, don't look like them. And I, haven't, I think I've only really, like, found one or two of them ever. They don't really grow in the same time. Oh, yeah, they? yeah, they Do grow they? very okay. much at the same time. That Typically, Jeremetra comes slightly, and Verpa as well, comes slightly before, a few days or a week before maybe. Oh, I thought but they'll run through later, the season. So that's not so much know. I know. But, yeah. yeah, I've only ever seen a couple of them. And it depends on the region. I mean, around the cities here, if you've spent most of your time, like, around town or parts south, you probably don't come upon very much Jeremetra. But if you were up in northern Minnesota, you'd probably come upon quite a bit of no, it. No, maybe yeah. that's why. Yeah. That's why I haven't found them. I don't know. But there's other ones that... In the spring, um, the dryad saddles. Pheasant pack. Pheasant yeah. packs, mm-hmm. yep. And uh, those are good if you get them young enough. Yeah. And they don't. That's the mean, key to those, yeah, right. Yeah, they, they turn into belt leather yeah. if you and, uh, and they get bitter. harvest yeah. them too late. Right, yeah. <laughs> you want nice, like, you know, fist-sized <laughs> yeah. ones, not I developed, well, I didn't develop it, but what I do in the field, I just use a fingernail test. If my fingernail can easily puncture that top skin, they're good to go. <laughs> I think that's probably a pretty decent test. It yeah. works. Yeah. It works for me because right. if it doesn't, I don't yeah. care what you do to that thing. You ain't eating it. <laughs> you might be able to. You might be able to <laughs> scrape off the flesh of the underside of it, but that top skin. But see there again, if I if I'm so some, desperate, yeah, to yeah, eat, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know whatever it is, yeah. I'd My brother-in-law will still take them. He'll actually dry, he'll like powder them. He'll grind them up into a powder, the old ones, and just use it like in a mushroom stock. I'm like, yeah, that's great, but. Why? I got all these other good ones I'm going to use. <laughs> it's like, right. why? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. Just because you can, I guess. I, that's a big thing. It's it, you know whether it's people that eat mushrooms that they shouldn't be eating because they can't positively identify them, oh, uh, which is I'm just s- scarily more common than you might. It's think. crazy. Or yeah, or making something, making a silk purse out of a sow's ear. I see a lot of people that try and consume a mushroom that's well past prime. Yeah. And of course, they end up not liking the mushroom. Right, and then they're and then they don't. Yeah. you know, they they're wondering why everybody raves about this mushroom. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, if you ate a rotten banana, yeah, it's well, not going to taste the same a, as a fresh one. Catch a walleye and let that thing sit on your right, right. dash of your truck right. for a go. week, and then clean it and see how good that Absolutely. walleye tastes. Yeah. You know, same I don't care principle. how clean and cold water you took it out of it. Right. It's going to taste <laughs> like ass. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So we'll try to. Try to drum up. I know the people that are out there that are into it, you know, are going to, they, they already know what to do. But if anybody that's listening to this is curious, I mean, well, you have a supercomputer in your pocket right now. You live in the golden age. I mean, you don't even need to pick up a book anymore. You can just go, what it's does that morel look like? And yeah. you're like, oh, that's what a morel looks right. like. I mean, I've even, I've used my phone if I find a mushroom that I'm not familiar with. I'll just go, I'll just look at the characteristics. I'll be like, uh, orange cap, guild mushroom minnesota august you know right. and then i gotta you get know, a start i'll do, I'll do anyway. images i'll go to the i won't do like whole web i'll just do yeah, the image search right. and then just go oh there it is right there click on that and then that'll link me to some website right. that'll tell me what it is and then i could just google is whatever the scientific name is it edible and then most times it's not you're like eh, that one's off the list <laughs> right. take a picture of it and move on because mushrooms are cool man i mean they're just down to like the the biology of it is awesome you know it's a, it's a, it's an enormous part of the world we live in that most people never learn about yeah, or they, never they realize how impactful it play is. Play a huge role in the yeah, environment, right. like an absolutely huge role. I mean, there's even talk now that it might help us with pollution, and there's uh, micro remediation. Yeah. yeah, like might e- 
even can break down, you know, like nuclear waste and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. It's it's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Absolutely. They, they kind of came in. Um, but they plants were first, and then I think mushrooms branched off of that, and then animals or did they? Well, yeah, there's um, there's a fair amount of recent debate over that. Actually. Oh, is it? Yeah, Ooh, I, some I mean, contra- it, some mushroom yeah, controversy. Mushroom controversy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was definitely been taught for you know a very long time. Certainly when I went to school, that plants were came first. Um, but there's um, if you check out something called a prototaxite, uh, it's a big towering, about 25 feet tall and probably four feet around which they originally thought was a plant, one of the earliest mm. forms of a plant. And I think about two years ago, they positively identified that it actually was a fungus, that this was a 25-foot oh, tall, 4-foot around Alice fungus. Alice in Wonderland yeah, shit right? right there. Uh, that's a meal, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, big fungus steaks. Mm. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's still a bit of a toss-up about when exactly they entered the timeline. And, it was um, a long uh, effing time. Yeah, ago. I mean, it's certainly <laughs> amongst the, yeah. the top two earliest life forms. But I like how they're kind of, they're like the in-between. They're not all plant and they're not all animal. They kind of share characteristics of both. I mean, they're their own, um, their actually, own thing. Actually, they're not really like plants at all. Well, um, some do. Maybe I'm talking on my ass here, but I thought, <laughs> um, well, I probably am, and it's not the first time, won't be the last. Not to call you out. No, <laughs> please, absolutely do. This is, this is a learning well, fun, learning moment. Fun a teaching moment are really, really closely related to the human animal or animals in general, right? Aren't I mean, there some mushrooms that will do like a photosynthesis mm, type of thing? No, I mean, that's really a defining characteristic of fungi, right, is that they cannot they perform photosynthesis. Oh, okay. I so mushrooms uh, derive their nourishment, their I energy from... Yeah, I know most of them are that way, but I thought maybe, huh, I no, must have misheard yeah. something or misread something. Yeah. Now, they use metabolites that break down their food source and they absorb it just like people do, right? We eat food. Sure goes in our body we absorb nutrients same thing only they're they're putting out some enzymes that sort of loosen up the food first and then they consume it oh they're plant-like in that they're not mobile they are not mobile that is true so there (laughs) take that (laughs) but if you know anybody who has like a fungus you know a a nail fungus or any kind of fungal infection (laughs) the reason that they can never get rid of it is because it's so closely related to to the human organisms Mm. that anything that would kill the fungal organism would also kill our own body cells so it's very hard to ever almost impossible to ever kill a fungal infection you can treat it well, with um, another fungus, yeah, penicillin. Well, maybe, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they're, they're really... The mushroom war going on in your body. Uh, I mean, basically. that's why they have their own kingdom, right? There's yeah, plants that's and true. fungi. Yeah. Then there's cordyceps. They're freaky. Even more freaky, right? Yeah, they're, like, super freaky. They, like, yeah. take over bugs, right. and the bugs will climb up something. They take over. They the don't brain. want to climb up something. Right. They they make the yeah somehow. I'm like this is just tri- this is like alien shit. It's hard like, to believe until you see it. Yeah, I mean that they, they take over the brain. You know, let's just say an ant ant climbs up onto a stick, latches onto said stick, dies, and then the mushroom takes over. Yeah, certain species of the crops tell it different things, and then yeah. poof, there goes the spores right. and start all over again. Like that's just wild. Yeah. It's wild. And then you got mushrooms that are parasitic. You got mushrooms that are symbiotic. I mean, it's, and then what, what would you call the ones that are like just off of just straight decaying stuff? What, what's Those the are called saprophytes. Saprophytes. That's mm-hmm. what it was. These are all big names. Yeah. And I read them. I'm like, oh yeah, that word. But then, you know, I'm gonna <laughs> you read it enough and it sticks. Yeah. Well, apparently I haven't read it enough yet, but <laughs> saprophytes. That's right. That's right. So that's, um, 
Morels would be more of the... They're not really a parasitic, but they start to fruit when they're... Are they or are they? No. Because uh, they, they have a relationship with trees yeah, and the root system. And, and, yeah, I mean, most... Every plant on Earth, about 90% of all plants have a mycorrhizal relationship with fungi. Um, that's how you would describe what you're asking. So a, a morel, a chanterelle, a porcini, a lot of mushrooms are mycorrhizal in nature. So they're, the mycelium of that mushroom, the organism of the mushroom, is actually intertwined with the roots of the tree. And it relies upon the tree to deliver certain nutrients to it that it can't metabolize on its own. Thing, mostly sugars in the case of the mushroom is getting from the tree but the tree can get other things from the mushroom from the mycelium sort of acting as um, you know a broader broadcast net of the root system so it can take up things like phosphorus to give to the tree that the tree can't metabolize on its own and it, it really enhances their ability to uptake so um, that's symbiotic that's more of yeah a, it's yeah. not i mean it is for the purposes of our discussion. Sure, sure. I mean, technically, it's not completely symbiotic. Um, right. They're but, helping uh, each other out. Right. I mean, well, yeah. that's not that much different than, uh, um, you know, different plants help out different plants. You sure. know, if, the, if uh, you know, let's just say like, uh, like burdock, you know, that's going to have a really long taproot that's going to pull up, you know, nitrogen or something from way down deep right. that uh, a shallower root system plant wouldn't get and right. so it's bringing up nutrients it's not doing it out of the kindness it's like oh this yes they're both plant. getting something yeah they're both <laughs> getting something out of it but um yeah they're all working in harmony if you will but not all mushrooms work in harmony some actually attack and kill trees yeah i mean there are some mycorrhizal mushrooms that um that are they are mycorrhizal, but they are actually have sinister plans. Maitake, even mushrooms can be assholes. It's not. I, I guess my maitake is not uh, mycorrhizal, but maitake um, will will introduce brown rot to the tree. So anytime you find maitake growing around an oak, for instance, that oak is, that oak is, sh- is not uh, long yeah, for this world. S O L. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's a matter of a few but years. Yeah. But is it more? Is is that the symptom, or is that the co- is that the cause? Uh, these, the, some the, people call these uh, hen of the woods. Yeah, right. Yeah. The uh, what did I say? You said the uh, my talk. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. No, you said yes. the right thing. <laughs> I just like throw out the common. No, no, terms you're totally correct for doing that. Just yeah. to, um, not everybody's as mushroom dorked out as we I, are. Yeah, I forget that sometimes. I apologize. <laughs> 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 no, it, it actually introduces it to the tree. Like that's uh, okay. Or a honey so, mushroom. Yep, is a, honey is mushrooms another, are. You know, they'll, they'll wreak havoc upon. You know, huge expanses of trees. and then, Yeah, uh, I had know. them. I, Yep, the one year I found them in my, well, I don't call it my yard, but the trees next to my house, my property. I was like, ooh, honey mushrooms. Damn, honey mushrooms. That's <laughs> not good. Yeah, it's, that's, it's a double-edged sword. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, <laughs> They're yeah. tasty. And but, I have, yeah. They are good. They are yeah. really good. That was one I was like, that's a cool. And I didn't really know what they were until I found them. I was like, that's a cool-looking mushroom. I looked them up. I'm like, ooh, honeys. I think you can eat those. And sure enough. Yeah. So, hey, at least I got something out of it. I That's got a right. couple meals out of those oak trees dying. <laughs> oh, but then, well, then once the oak trees dies, now you can get some sulfur caps, chicken of the woods, and then you can get those. So, and those are, those are a great beginner mushroom. Again, Absolutely. you can spot no those things from right? a mile you away. You can road hunt those. Right? Yeah, you can. <laughs> I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they're beautiful. Bright orange on top, look mm-hmm. like a sunset, and then underneath it's yellow. Pretty unmistakable. Like you can't. You can't fuck this one up. You're yeah. gonna do and there's no toxic lookalikes. So no, even yeah. if you think, even if you were to somehow screw it up, yeah, yeah, you're not gonna kill yourself. No, it's 
Yeah, and I like to say that's like the vegetarian chicken. I mean, it's nice to call it chicken in the woods because it does kind of have that, uh, kind of that flavor, but the texture, like even string off if you cook it right. Well, that's really why like where it gets its name. It's the texture. The texture yeah. more of the flavor. Right. But if you wanted to put that in like a, you know, you could easily, some chicken bouillon or whatever, you could make a vegetarian oh, chicken soup with those. Huge pretty favorite easy. of vegetarians. Yeah. yeah, I bet. Yeah. It would be. So that's. That's a summer, fall. Actually, they kind of grow almost any time. Yeah, they really. will. Anytime from spring to fall, they're really reliant mostly on heavy periods of heavy rain, high humidity. So if we get a week's worth <laughs> should of... should head out know, right now. Yeah, yeah. And warm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Missed the warm yeah, part. right. Yeah, for sure. Missed the warm part. It's not <laughs> warm at all. Um, but I can't say I've ever found any while um, morel hunting. That's pretty early. Usually June. Yeah, we'll but you will start to see them yeah. in June. Yeah, and you can road hunt the hell out of those. Yep. Yeah, I've seen them growing in people's yards yeah. before. I picked 140 pounds off of a single tree on a good on lord. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's uh, it can be a bonanza. Yeah. yeah. What's um, you freeze those? You can actually. Um, the water content of those mushrooms are not as high as other some other mushrooms, so you can actually freeze that raw and end up with a fairly good. That's result. what I've done. Yeah. I've kind of cubed them up and then froze right. them, and then I'll just put them in a usually a soup or something. Right. You know, they just saute them up or whatever. Throw them right into the soup. Yeah. That's seems yeah, to be so a good way sure of using them. Or you'll end up with a really upset stomach. Oh yeah, most most. Mu- are there any <clears throat> mushrooms out there that you can just eat? No. I didn't think so. I mean, people eat, you know, white button mushrooms on a salad maybe or something, and and for 99% of the public, that's probably it fine because you're just eating good. a couple. Right, I don't really <laughs> think it tastes all that great either. But um, mushrooms contain chitin, which is the same compound that makes up a carapace, a, you know, a shell from a lobster or a shrimp or a beetle. Sure. And we can't digest that, so heat mitigates that. So that's one thing. So if you're not cooking the mushroom and you consume it and you consume a reasonable quantity of it, you're just going to be running to the bathroom fairly right. soon. Um, but beyond that, I mean, think of where they come from, too. Like, yeah, you know, they grow to like, shit. I have, seen, I have seen some really <laughs> horrifying things on mushrooms before that you, yeah. if you knew it was on there, you'd, you'd probably want to cook it. Did first. you hear the um, when Stamets was on the Rogan? I had, well, I, you know, episode? I have to confess, I personally have not listened to it, but I've certainly heard about You've it from many people. Yeah, yeah. it was like this huge thing. like, I can't talk about that. I'm like, what the hell? You can't talk <laughs> about uh, portobellas? Like, your life's in danger? This isn't making any sense. Uh, but, yeah, that kind of was interesting, too, where he's like, white button and portobellas are the same mushroom, pretty white much. White button. And then uh, what's Portobello, the other one? Cremini. That's are all I can three the Again, same I mushrooms. can never remember uh, that one. Cremini. They're just all at different stages of growth. Sure. Right. And isn't like exposure to UV? Like <clears throat> no, just exposure to light, period. Or any light. Yeah, they so, get darker. Right. The more light you get for any mushroom, basically, okay. the darker color you're going to well, get. Or the, a they white get a, oyster they mushroom. They get a tan. Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, a white <laughs> oyster mushroom in Minnesota, if I grow it in open sunlight, will be a chocolate brown. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. And they don't get to have a different name? They're not like... You don't call them chocolate oysters? No. Well, it'd probably be good on the menu, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. It's going to look good. Got to come up with, not chocolate maybe, but some other kind of. Uh, we have to do that on occasion. I, I, I don't know if you know a, a mushroom um, that's, the, the technical name for the mushroom is Entoloma arbortivum. Oh, um, the common sounds name. delicious. Yeah, right. The common name is even worse. It's aborted entoloma. Oh, that's the shrimp of the woods? Right, right. Um, I don't know that the shrimp of the woods sounds 
that great either. It definitely sounds better than aborted yeah. entolomas. Call them so. packing peanuts of the woods because that's what they look like. <clears throat> we renamed them cloud mushrooms. There We're you go. That. It's that's very a good pleasant one. and yeah. you know, fluffy and yeah, yeah. Right. cloud mushrooms. I can buy that. <laughs> yeah, they do. I found a crap ton of those one time. I mean, it was the, they were just carpeted. Yeah, usually when you find them, there are huge numbers of them. Yeah, yeah. but that's it's a, hard to like. It was hard for me to find like a good one because they they do they break down really fast. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say that before with you said bugs it. And stuff. Yeah. Like I'd pick them like and it would almost fall apart in my hand. It was there, hard to get some. There's worth a very keeping. fine sort of feel you get for the the texture of it when you pick them and to determine what you're getting at yeah yeah uh, and often they'll get very waterlogged yeah that's you yeah um, but yeah you, so you got to get them when they're very they're firm but they're like a firm rubber ball you know okay. and once they get past that you you, you, you like i say over picking thousands and thousands oh, you kind of yeah. develop a touch yeah, for it sure know yeah. which ones <laughs> probably tell by looking at them some of them you can definitely yeah even right. i can look i'm like that one looks like if i breathed on it it would fall apart <laughs> right. gonna which is a one. great easy test right yeah. for everybody <laughs> Like, just look at it and go, do I want to eat that? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. If you have any doubt at all, if you're like, well. And bugs like to eat mushrooms about as much as people they like do, to eat They do, and deer mushrooms. and other animals, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. That's be the uh, probably the most frustrating thing when, it, when you do find a porcini or a king bull eat that yes. is almost always infested with um, some sort of larvae at first. That's I mean, kind of why. get to I mean, it way before we ever do. That, depo- that deposit of larvae comes at primordial formation. So before that mushroom is even visible, that has oh, been that, Oh, so that's happening underneath the right. soil? Well, well it, might even, it might even rude. be barely, you know, oh, imperceptible okay. you know, type thing. But And then when that larvae hatches, it starts consuming the mushroom from the stem up. Stem up, yeah. And so sometimes, you know, if you just trim it up the stem until you don't see any more wormholes, you'll be good to go. Um, but that's why a lot of people never find a porcini, frankly, because they're they're up and down so fast. They it's do. probably they, they, you know, 48 hours. It's crazy how yeah. fast. And some of them get huge. Yeah. I stumbled on some going into the woods. Um, I think I was bow hunting deer. It was actually pretty late. I mean, it was, I mean, I'm doing it with my hands, but it was like dinner plate side. The cap it was oh, they can, absolutely yeah, really massive. Yeah. And, the you know, the base of it, big bulbous base was, you know, yeah. like a, the end of a baseball a bat. Meal. It was crazy. Yeah, except the bugs. I mean, there's no way you're going to eat that thing. And in Minnesota especially. Unless you don't mind a little extra protein. I mean, whatever. They're just bugs. If I don't see it, I'm okay. You're an insectivore. Just water buck. (laughs) (laughs) Fry it up. You'll never know. That's right. (laughs) It ain't going to hurt you. I mean, there's not like. Extra flavor. Yeah. If it's even that. Extra protein. I don't know if mushrooms have much protein in them. but Oh, it's a high source of protein. If you get them with with the bugs in it, you're going to. You gotta really uptake pound for pound. The <laughs> mushrooms have more protein than meat. Is that right? Yeah, I never even looked mm-hmm. at that in the protein. Uh, I I can't say that I've actually looked up the nutrition value of a mushroom. I just like they're incredibly like healthy because they're you. delicious. Yeah. Well, that that's what you know what we said earlier. It's like they're delicious, and that's primarily why I love them. But yeah, if you if you checked out the what you're getting out of a, for instance, you know, eating consuming just a couple of shiitake mushrooms a week have measurable impact on several areas of health. You know? Yeah, uh, well, my Takis are really um, have <coughs> Most a lot mushrooms of health benefits, have health benefits to them. Uh, there was a study that just came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was a six-year study involving 2,000 uh, elderly adults that consumed heresium, lion's mane mushroom, mm-hmm. and they found that the people who consume this mushroom on a weekly basis, uh, 50% less cognitive decline. 
I better start farming those things because yeah. I need that. But think about that. 50%. I need that a lot. I mean, that's that's, <laughs> that's no small. No, you know. no, that's that's huge. Yeah. And I've actually heard that about uh, about lion's mane, um, which is one of my favorites. Yeah. To which find. we're growing in our chamber this very moment. I, yeah. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Uh, I need to get I need to get that going. Are they hard to grow? They're not the easiest. No. Yeah. So what they need just a controlled temperature and humidity. Is that yeah? I mean, the factors are generally humidity, CO two level, temperature. Are the three most important? So I can't just throw them on my countertop. That's yeah. I s- actually that brings <laughs> up a funny story. This time of the year, you know, on the forums, there's all you know, everybody's chiming in about all the things they've heard about mushrooms, and mm-hmm. I always kind of enjoy reading that. And somebody the other day had a post, and it was like a plastic bag with wood shavings in it. And this poor woman was being completely sincere when she asked everybody in the group, "Hey, I just bought these morel seeds," and <laughs> Uh, oh, the no. instructions say you mix it with water and you pour this in the area you want your morels. And, and she was just oh, asking for no. little tips and pointers. Yeah. And my, I couldn't resist. I normally don't tease people at all because <laughs> I've been there, right? Right, yeah. But, but I couldn't resist saying, please contact me. I have some magic beans. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of sort of wive tale kind of things. Yeah, the there. thing with morels is they kind of just do their own thing. They're hard to... Um, kind of make grow i mean yeah they're the holy grail of cultivation yeah they don't you know. they don't well wanna, any any micro they don't want to be tamed right it seems right you know are there any successful morel farms They've, out they, there they they again i'm making air quotes sure they farm them in china right now but it's not in a controlled environment it's outdoors and they've really what they've done is sort of figured out how to encourage mycelium to form and um, and but they're still relying upon you know the outside sure. temperatures and big, rain and, and all of the other yeah. factors, and there's only a you know the particular species of morel that they're growing is not you know I've had them I've eaten them, they're not particularly flavorful, mm. um, so it's not commercially viable at this point. Which and, is why uh, they're still. In- yeah, I mean it's, it's yeah. I mean it's kind of cool if it's December and you can find fresh morels from sure. from Tibet. I mean, that's, <laughs> from t- you know, Tibetan yeah, morels. You know, we brought some in and we people yeah. loved them and and you know they weren't <laughs> they weren't terrible, but um, you know they're 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 not fresh Minnesota wild morels. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That made me think of something. Now I forgot it. Dang it! I need some lion's mane. <laughs> <All right. laughs> like an IV of it. Um, I do like those. The, the when I find one of those out in the woods, I'm pretty damn happy when yes. I find a lion's mane. Yeah, there's not a lot of them. Out no, there. there's not, yeah. and I, it's it's. I'm not it's happy about that. It is. I I look for them very intently when I'm out in the woods. Yeah. Well, I get excited when I find one. I don't blame you. But I need to. I should start to. If somebody. So if you wanted to grow one, what would be? What would you recommend? If it's just somebody in their house, like you're not gonna. You know, you're not gonna put up a bunch of plexiglass and get a. You know, humidifiers. I, w- I would not recommend that you. <laughs> well, I mean, you're you're free to try, but sure. Um, in particular, you would never achieve the CO2 levels in your house that you would need. You need ambient outdoor levels of CO2 very low. Really. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's you know, when I first started cultivating, trying to f- determine that mixture of CO2 and temperature and 90% humidity 24/7 365 so you pretty much do need a humidor <clears throat> I mean you, you, you know it's it's an a, aquarium yeah you, you know I had to become like an HVAC expert to sure. figure all that stuff huh. out so yeah it's not cuz you can buy the kits I mean they have Yeah the we kits. sell the kits and yeah. certain mushrooms do much better though um you know we can sell you an oyster mushroom kit that'll fruit in your kitchen 
Um, we could we even do sell lion's mane logs on occasion because you can bring them outside and, and mm, they'll be in a decent environment. Nature you know? do its yeah, thing right, for you. Right. That's probably a good way to do it. You know, it's I mean, you know where they're at. Right. You don't have to go hunt for them. Like and they'll be there for a few right years. here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> will they are they well? I don't perennial is the right word, but will they fruit? Yeah. So once it colonizes that log, it's going to mm. continue to fruit. You know, every year until it's consumed all of the lignin and cellulose of the log. Huh. Yeah. A good way to think about it is mushrooms live in their food. Now that so I might have. Eat. Now that is something I I could bring myself to do. Yeah. I got plenty of. And they would they like filtered sun or does that matter or yeah I you know they don't like direct sun um, they need some light um, but but definitely you wouldn't want it in any direct sunlight indirect light like enough light to read by is sufficient mm, okay that's a good that's a good tip I'm gonna have to look into that that would be a good way to do it get a couple logs going out there yeah they like uh, maple right no maple's not a good really? not a Our good choice found for, them on maples uh, in the wild for almost any mushroom it's not a good it choice. seems that be that way but i, I have, have found well, them on maples i'm guessing that you might be mistaken because na- maples have a lot of natural fungicides and hmm. it's if you know if you ever stumble upon a big maple forest uh, if you're me you're like ah, yeah no I, that's usually anything. what happens <laughs> right. until yeah yeah i mean I, again there's always exceptions to every sure role, oh, but, maybe i don't yeah, find them very often because i'm not looking in the right spot but yeah. um no, I'm, I'm actually 100% positive I've found them on maples before. Yeah. So I don't know. You found the exception. I've, look at me go. I'd rather <laughs> win the lottery. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Can I be lucky that way? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's uh, they do. I mean, I've, I've, I guess, I don't know. I'll have to pay more attention. But I know I've found at least one on uh, on a maple yeah, for sure. Like, like I say, it, it happens, but it, it would be un- unusual. It's kind of like morels, you know use the elms as kind of your <coughs> rule of thumb and then they'll kind of do their own thing i mean i've found them just walking down a path out of you know wood chips or you know they can i actually found a morel growing out of the side of an oak tree once i have a photo of it that's I mean, crazy it still blows my there's mind. a photo going around right now somebody found there's a few little morels popping out of like a jawbone of a deer of a <laughs> rotting jawbone of a deer like, i have not seen that one. yeah how has that missed you yeah. i'll try to find it and tag you in it yeah it's it's a uh, Pretty incredible. You know, I saw some, uh, no, this is neither here nor there, but turkey hunting the other day, and there is some, uh, the, not birch bullets, but uh, they grow up, the big shelf mushroom, dead birch trees, birch oh, polypore. Chaga. Oh, okay. Not chaga, no. birch polypore. And uh, this, so there's already some mushrooms on it, and then, like, something must have fell on the tree. It didn't quite kill it, so it was, like, growing horizontally and so the the original shelf mushrooms were now vertical and then the new ones were sprouting off of that horizontally oh, wow. cool. i was like oh, i don't think i've ever quite seen that <laughs> i should go back and take a picture of it it was pretty neat yeah. looking the tree is now dead but uh, they're kind of the they did their job they're the beginning of the end for birch trees when yeah. you start seeing those too right. uh, as chaga is it seems yeah chaga is going to take a compromised tree yeah yeah it's kind of how they, I don't know if it gets into a crack or, or Typically, how, yeah. how that how that goes. But uh, that's a fun thing to do in the winter yep. when you're getting a little stir crazy and tired of ice fishing. So, oh, you got another meeting here? We'll wrap I, this thing I, up. I sadly, yeah, I, I wasn't even kidding when I said it's my downtown office. Right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> he's got so well, All right, let's do it quickly yeah. here. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, they can find us at the Keg and Case Market um, on West 7th Street in St. Paul at Forest of Fork. Uh, they can find us at forest-fork.com. 
They can find us at the Minnesota Mushroom Forum. They can find us at Gentleman Forager, both of those on Facebook. You can find us. Yeah, if you and, just you do look for and they do, a, real quickly, you guys do a bunch of, like, get-togethers. Like, the, yeah. uh, Hoot Nanny, um, which is just a fun thing yep. to say, and uh, a couple we, other things. We have a, we have a plethora coming up. We have Morel Feast, which is at the Hook and Ladder, May 10th. Uh, where there's a big group of chefs cooking up some morel goodies and a couple of great bands playing. Yeah. But uh, we have a big event coming up called the Wild Food Fandango, which is at Keg and Case on Sunday, June 9th. And we have uh, crepes. We have Kind Country, The Big Woo, Black River Review, The May North, Joseph Hubner. Uh, we got you know great bands coming to play. Nice. Uh, I need, 15 to, I need chefs. to get signed up for one of your um, certification classes. Not that I mean, yeah. not that I I need. I know what they look like, but <laughs> it's just something to have. Uh, looks good on a resume. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Education's yeah. good, right? Well, you know, have that little certified mushroomer. Or I don't know what it would be called, but um, microfile or right. something, I guess. I don't know what it would be, but uh, I've just been meaning to do it. It would just be kind of be kind of fun yeah. to learn some new people. Well, we got one coming up. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you doing this. It was, that was, it was fun. short and sweet. We'll have to, maybe we can do it again if we can find a bigger block of time absolutely we haven't even scratched the surface of we could go on for days uh it's easy to do pretty much any subject on this podcast i talk about this is what happens but <laughs> i'll let you i'll cut you loose hopefully and, next uh, time it'll be sunnier and warmer yeah uh, I'll, let's let's go with that yeah. we'll do that or maybe i can uh just go one of the hoot nannies and we'll absolutely just, uh, yeah, that'd be do fun it there. too sure all right we'll yeah. do that talk to you sounds good Hey, everybody. Huge thanks to everybody who has taken the time to uh, download and subscribe to the Full Scale Outdoors podcast, to rate us, to review us. Um, you're doing great things, and we are growing every day, and I really appreciate it. Another way we're growing is we have joined the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. So what that means is people can now find us and listen to us on the Waypoint app on your Apple TV, on Roku, Amazon Fire Stick, smart TVs, uh, hell, even gaming systems. So um, if you haven't downloaded the Waypoint app, do it now. You're going to thank me. It has over 2,500 of the best hunting and fishing shows and short films out there. This is one of the best apps you're going to find. Um, so I just would like to say thank you again for those that have already subscribed. Let's share it. Let's keep this thing going. And, uh, I am proud to say that the Full Scale Outdoors podcast is now part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, so thank you very much.